0: Thank you, Jonathan. Wonderful. Thank you. Bless you guys. Wow, what a weekend it's been. Absolutely amazing weekend. Am I? Is that better? There we are. We've got a bit of sound there. And um, just incredible to see what God's doing amongst us. And I want to say a big thank you to everybody who has played a part over this last uh, 72 hours or so and, and actually before that in getting things ready for us to have such an amazing uh, readiness for all that God has been doing. And uh, don't, don't the pillars and the flags and everything look great? I just want to say thank you to those guys who've taken time to come and just bless us with that. And um, there are many, many people, and the danger is that when you start naming names, you get into trouble, Okay. But let me tell you, God knows who you are and actually we know who you are and we are so grateful for the part that you have played. Whether it seems a small thing or whether it seems something quite significant, actually it all is part of God's tapestry of making this work. And I want to thank you in the name of Jesus for the hard work that you put in. It's a delight to be part of this family. It really is. And we've enjoyed being part of all that God's doing this weekend. Can I just say about our offering? I know um, it's a little bit strange for us to do things the way that we've done things, but we're on a journey of learning some stuff. And I want to say to you that with offerings, offerings are always open. You don't have to wait to special occasions. Actually, it's there all the way through. The offerings are there. They're part of our response. And so with the offering that we've just had, all through this month of May, there's an opportunity for you to give into that. Maybe you've come today and you thought, do you know what, I haven't really prepared for this, but I want to go away and I seriously do want to think about how I can give into this. And so let me encourage you all through this month, we can do that. Okay. Right. Well, on Friday, um, I was having a bit of a, a break, um, trying to get things ready, had a little break, sat down, just turned on the telly, and um, I caught the end of a film that I hadn't seen since childhood. It was Walt Disney's Sleeping Beauty. I don't know whether you've ever seen that. Apologies to those of you who've come from different nations, different cultures. I haven't got a clue what I'm talking about at this point, but bear with me. Sleeping Beauty is a fairy tale about a beautiful princess who has been cursed by an evil witch. And who, on her 16th birthday, pricks her finger on a spinning wheel and falls asleep for a 100 years. She's saved by a prince who loves her and who enabled her by the power of goodness. Well, he, by the power of goodness, first of all, defeats the evil witch and then awakens this princess from her sleep and they are married and they rule in the land happily ever after. Isn't that a great story? And if you haven't heard that story, you probably have in your own culture in many different guises because those are kind of the dreams that many have. But the bit that I came in on was the bit where the prince was slaying the dragon-like evil witch. It's a bit scary, actually. I was thinking, for children, wow, gosh. But he slays it with his sword of truth and then kisses his bride-to-be, who's asleep, and he awakens her to life once more. Now, that's a fairy tale, but the reality is that King Jesus has a beautiful bride. It's called the church, and he wants her to be awake, to take her place alongside him in filling this world with the knowledge of his glory. And I felt the Lord speak to me, actually, as I was watching this. And I want to declare this over us. All nations, you are a sleeping beauty. Wake up and take your place in spreading the fire of my glory in this land and to the ends of the earth. Know who you are and take your place. And I really believe that the Lord wants to release that into us again. I know we've seen some amazing things over these weeks and months as God has been waking us up in so many places. But I believe the Lord would say, you still don't know fully who you are. You're my beauty. And I have things for you that you haven't even begun to contemplate. And it's not about you. It's about my glory. And my glory filling all the earth and waking up every nation, waking up every place that is dark and broken. Hallelujah. All nations, we get to be part of this. And I'm looking at you today and I want to say you're beautiful. You really are. What a beautiful family. You know, I I so love... These times when we get to celebrate our unity and diversity, we get to celebrate what an amazing family God has put together because of Jesus. And I I just want to encourage you, all nations, let's be alive in all that the Spirit is putting into us, not for us alone, for the nation, for the lost, for the broken, for the hurting. For those that need to know, there's hope. Hallelujah. I'm just going to read a few verses, which I was so encouraged, actually, when um, David Devonish, who's been teaching the last couple of days, he read these very verses. I'm th- thinking, God, you're putting this together. I love the fact when these things happen. So John chapter 20, just going to read a few verses. It's that resurrection evening. One of the greatest days that these disciples will have ever known, probably the greatest in many ways. But on the evening of that first day of the week, where the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace, be still. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. And the disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them. And he said, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins, they will be forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Hallelujah. As the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. And you know, each one of you here was never saved in splendid isolation. You know it's been wonderful. We love welcoming new. People into the family of God. And we love honouring the fact that God uniquely, individually, calls us out. Isn't that beautiful, the detail that he has? But you were never called to be on your own. You were called to be part of the family. You were called to be in a family that has a purpose and a mission. And that is to be caught up with the king, spreading a knowledge of his good news, his glory, his power, his healing, his transformation, his hope. We get to share all of that with him and fill the whole earth with a knowledge of who he is. And that means we are a sent people what does it mean for us to be sent well again Jesus defines everything for us doesn't he when, we, when we're his followers we know that if we want to know what it's like look at him hallelujah we've got a great example Jesus is our example of being sent and all the way through well David was brilliant let me encourage you if you weren't there sorry you weren't there It was great. We've got them recorded, all the talks. But the first session on Friday, David painted this picture of how we are sent as part of the mission of God. Let me encourage you to get hold of that. But all the way through the Bible, there's this theme. Jesus was sent into the world. John chapter 17, verse 18. As you sent me into the world, this is Jesus speaking to the Father. As you sent me into the world... I have sent them into the world. And then in John chapter 20, verse 21, we just read it. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. Jesus is described as the sent one. That's his title, the sent one, at least seven times in John's gospel. And the Father, God our Father, is described as the sender. At least 12 times. And we also know the Father and the Son send the Holy Spirit so that we are filled with that same purpose and passion and power and we get to be caught up just as Jesus was in the mission of God. That's what it's about, church. And so if we are to be like God, and do you know, I hope we do want to be like Jesus. There are so many times when we say, Lord, make me like Jesus. I hope that's a prayer you pray. It's a good prayer to pray. Lord, make me like Jesus. This is what Jesus is like. He is sent, and so are we. And I'd even kind of put a challenge out to us with this. How we go on this mission as individuals and a church on this mission together, I think defines how much like God we really are. There are many churches who have, I guess, the name church, but are not yet on that mission. (laughs) Is that a church? Wow. I guess scriptures would say, it's only as we're like Jesus on this mission that we are truly being the people that he's called us to be. But you know, The other thing that you need to get out of this, because we are sent, it is the most amazing honour and privilege. You see, in Jesus' day, when a messenger was sent by a master, the messenger was endowed with the same authority, the same honour, the same dignity, the same power that the master himself or herself had. And so when the messenger came, they were received and they were treated well because, wow, this was the master coming in this person. We've kind of lost a little bit of that. Let me just, I was thinking about it the other day. What do we think about the postman or woman? What do we think about the delivery driver? Oh, they're just delivering the parcel. Actually, they're not. They are representing those who have sent things to you. We've lost a little bit of the power of being sent. It is a tremendous dignity and honour, a noble thing that we have been given as sent ones. Every one of you here has been sent. You've been called. You have been anointed. You have been appointed. You have been handpicked. And you... Have the seal and the ownership and the authority of Jesus himself over you. You're not just a messenger. Wow. Let's lose that understanding that it's just a messenger. We are sent as Jesus is sent. That is revolutionary. That is powerful. So being sent, church, is as much about our identity as it is about our geography. Yet yeah, we can get sent anywhere. Seriously, anywhere. But it doesn't matter where we go, we're always sent. That's who we are. Someone asks, well, am I really sent? Surely that, that's just for people like David or, or or Richard Green or those who church plants or go overseas. I'm you know I'm a I'm a homemaker, I'm a car mechanic, I'm a businessman or a businesswoman, I'm a teacher, I work in a care home. I'm stacking shelves in Tesco's. I'm not sent, surely. Yes you are. You are as sent in every one of those places as you are When you come into this place or where you go overseas to another nation to talk about Jesus, you are sent because that is your identity. And, you know, it's a little bit unfortunate that the word missionary or being sent has often been hijacked. And it kind of means almost like a specialist group of people who get to do the mission of God. We all Get to do the mission of God. We're all missionaries. You know, I'm aware that we can even do it within our own context. So, you know, we talk about our work on the streets. Oh, that's, that's Antonio and his team. No. Antonio might be involved in that. And he has a great team that are involved in that. But we are involved in that. There's a team of us that are going to Malawi in July. And you're thinking, oh, they're going. No, we are going. We are all sent. This is us. We are the mission department. Sometimes um, people kind of discount themselves from this. I'm going to describe different types of people that discount themselves. The first type that discount themselves are what I call itchy feet Christians. Have you ever had itchy feet? We don't always use it in quite that way, do we? You know itchy feet often are people who can't stay in one place. Do you know there are some people who are living with the hope that tomorrow I'll get to do what I'm really called to do. But it's tomorrow. This now is just getting ready. So I'm just kind of killing time until God says it's my time. That's how some people think. They're looking for the next thing. They are what I call itchy feet because they're always wanting to get beyond where they are right now. Listen, living with God given dreams is good. Having prophetic promises from the Lord that you live and wrestle with that may have future application is wonderful. I hope you've got them. But you start living them out now. Okay? Why? Because you are sent now. And some of you are thinking, oh, well, you know, I'm just getting ready for tomorrow. No, today gets you ready for tomorrow, you start living in the promises of those things. That's so important, church. Some of you are saying, Well, but I'm studying. Yep. I'm busy. Hallelujah. I'm sick. I'm battling mental illness. I'm just a new Christian. I've just become a grandparent. We just had a baby. I'm getting married you are sent even in those things and if you are willing there's no such thing as an opportunity that is not a place for you to go in the name of Jesus i just love the fact there are so many things about jesus in the new testament where he's just passing through have you have you kind of registered some of those passages jesus was in jericho and passing through what did he do when he was just passing through? Well, just by chance, no, by sovereign appointment, he meets with Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus is there, and Jesus says, I'm coming to your house for tea. But he's just passing through. Jesus, you've got a bigger thing in Jerusalem. You've got a bigger thing. You're going to go to the cross. You're going to go and save the world. But Jesus is passing through, and he stops for Zacchaeus. Lo and behold, he also stops for another man, Bartimaeus. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Sorry, Bartimaeus. I've got to go to Jerusalem. This is not what I'm about, actually. I, I I'm, you know, Sorry. Maybe some of my followers, in a few years, I'll come back, and maybe they'll get you. No. Jesus is passing through. And in that moment... He reaches out. He's sent, even though he's not, as it were, there for good. Do you get get that, church? Every place, every place, even if it's inconvenient, even if it's just passing through, is an opportunity for Jesus to be glorified. What I want to say to you is this. You need to learn to be blossoming just where you happen to be. Do you know, I I love this. I'm sure that dandelions weren't meant to grow in concrete. You read all the books, they need soil, they need nutrients, they need all these sort of things, water. You try telling that to the dandelions in in my backyard, in the pathway, in the patio, growing out the walls. Do you know, They blossom where they're planted. And you can too. Because you are sent. We are sent to flourish right where we are. The second type of Christian are what I call concrete feet Christians. You can imagine the mafia have got hold of you. And they've kind of put a concrete sort of... um, Thing around your feet, you can't move anywhere. Some people are a little bit like that. They feel actually, God, I'll serve you as long as I never ever have to move from where I am. As long as I stay here, comfortable. I'll do whatever you want, but I'm staying. Do you know? No Christian can serve the Lord. On the condition that he or she will always live and stay where they are. Or where they feel most comfortable. We will need to be fully engaged and ready wherever we are. But that might mean that Jesus has the right, and he does, to say, I'm changing you from there to here. I'm moving you from this to that. And every one of us needs to know that he's the boss, he's the king and we're caught up with his mission and this is just a gentle thing, actually some of you got stuck, some of you have got so planted that you can't move anywhere and God says to you it's time for you to let my pneumatic drill break up the concrete break it up and you know what this isn't always about geography this isn't always about geography it's sometimes about you getting alive in a new way in the very place where you are it's sometimes it's a reinvention of what God has already called you to do and some of you right now even now I feel God's doing that he's shaking you and he's making you alive hallelujah but you know what? Whether you've been an itchy-footed Christian or a concrete-footed Christian, all of us need to be beautiful-feeted Christians, if that's the right way. We've got beautiful feet. I know some of you don't like feet. But how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news? Hallelujah. Have you got beautiful feet? Have you got beautiful feet? Okay. Very, very quickly, and then we're going to pray. And so, how are we sent? Well, you know, Jesus, He came fully human as well as fully God. And Jesus never ever denied His humanity. And what I love about this passage where He sends them, He stands before them and He's a body, He's a human resurrected body granted but it was a body that had flesh and bones and Jesus was not ashamed of humanity in fact he's described as the word became flesh that's who he is and so I want to say that we get sent fully human are you fully human did you check this morning just to see are you human then if you are Jesus dignifies your humanity and says just as you are being made in his image you get to be sent warts and all and some of us you know we don't like the fact that we're kind of broken or we are kind of got weaknesses and we're vulnerable Do you know what? There's nobody here in this room that is not vulnerable, that is not sometimes feeling weak and broken, that sometimes kind of doesn't like the way that they are. But you know what? Jesus looks at you and he says, in your full humanity, even in your brokenness, even in your kind of difficulties, your issues. I hear that phrase quite a lot. I've got issues. Do you know what? Even in your issues, even in who you are, He takes you and he says, I love the fact that you are fully human and just as a human being filled with me, you go. And I love the fact that we get to be humanity to humanity. Can I just make a little thing here? I I, I understand, please don't, I'm not trying to make a big fuss about this point, but I struggle when we start talking about in our ministries that we have clients. I understand we need to be professional. Actually, we have people. We have people who we want to love. We have people who we want to reach in the fullness of their humanity. And we reach it with a human face and a human hand. And the danger is that we can be so professional in the way that we get sent. That we miss out on the fact that we are flesh and bones. That we have faces and hands. That we get our hands dirty with those who are broken. I don't want to, I don't want to handle people from a distance. I want to get up close and personal. Because that's what Jesus did. And we're sent fully human Secondly, I need to be quick because we're running out of time. Second thing, this is costly. This is sacrificial. You know, when Jesus showed those disciples himself, he showed them what? What did he show them? His hands and what else? His love, yeah, but what what did he show them in his body? Okay, so what, what would they have seen? The wounds. They would have seen the wounds. They would have seen the cost. I always am fascinated, and I don't know whether you are, that Jesus, even when he's resurrected, carries the scars of the wounds. Have you ever thought about that? He gets a perfectly resurrected body, and yet he carries the wounds. Revelation, the picture of a lamb looking like it had been slain but triumphant on the throne. You see this cost to being sent. Jesus said, you know what? I'm sending you out as sheep amongst wolves. Right. Wow. Thanks, Jesus. That sounds nice. A lamb burger by the wolves. Jesus Says this is gonna cost. In fact, it costs me everything for you. Do you know what I love about Jesus? What I love about Christianity is that He gives the free gift that costs everything. Wow, how do you get but it does? And it's gonna cost us church. You know, this morning we had an opportunity to give money, but it costs, and it needs to keep costing us. And it needs to cost us to step out. Because, actually, people are worth it in his eyes. I've I've had the privilege over the last weeks to meet with brothers and sisters in other parts of the world. You know, sometimes we think our life is tough. Oh, my word, we just don't know anything. I'm not denying the problems. I'm not denying the things. I was sitting down with some guys in East Africa... And every morning, this is the truth, they get together as a family and they pray together, Lord Jesus, if this be our last day together as a family, Lord, make make camp for you. We just declare right now how much we love you, we love each other, and Lord, we're prepared to lay all down for you, for your glory. If we don't come back tonight, we'll see each other again in heaven. God bless. And the reality is that where they are in the world... That is what they face every day. And yet they are so joyful and willing to count the cost. I was with another guy who was joking with another. So what's the price on your head now? Oh, I've got to, I've got to um, half a million dollars. Oh, he said, that's nothing. I'm, I'm at, I'm at 750,000. Because this is the price that various people in various groups have put on their heads. Because they are sharing the gospel where they are in their nations. Now, you know, okay, that might sound extreme, but this is the cost of being sent for Jesus. And it's worth it. I've got to share these stories. I'm not going to give names, but I was so encouraged by people in our congregation this week who, just where they are, paid the cost. There's a, a dear brother and his wife who this week have lost a baby. I'm, just bear with me. And wife is in hospital, recovering. Obviously, husband, absolutely devastated. And in this ward, where there's recovery from these sort of things, there's all these women. Obviously, many of them are in a very tender place. And this this beautiful man, in his tears, he stands up and he says... I'm a Christian. I know what this feels like. But I know there's someone who can help your pain. Can I pray for you? And I don't know how many of these women said, please, we pray for me? Right in the middle of this ward. I'm thinking, wow. The blessing of that in the midst of the pain. And the willingness to count the cost in the middle of the sacrifice. That's Jesus. We get the privilege of doing that stuff. I met a dear brother this week. They borrowed our baptistry. And um, they've got their first baptisms at the church that they've had for a number of years. So excited. But this man who picked it up. He's former pastor, but he's not working there anymore. He's now working in a secular job. His name's Don. I called him Don the Baptist because he, po- he borrowed our baptistry. And um, I said, hi, oh, Don, Don the Baptist, how are you doing? And he said, he said, oh, well, you know, I just try where I am just to drop a little word in about Jesus. He's got a Welsh accent, so if I break into Welsh, that's okay, don't worry. And he, he just said, there's this guy that I work with who, to be honest, is the most repulsive man that I've ever met. He said, but you know what? God has suddenly given me a love for this man and Every day when I meet him, even though he's, he's, he's racist, he's misogynist, he's all the things that you find really difficult, he greets this man, he says, Good morning, loved of God. And the guy says, Oh, no, don't do that. But every day, he says, no, 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 you are, you're loved of God. And he kind of, you know, comes back at him with all this aggressive stuff. No, 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 you're loved of God. You're loved of God. In fact, you need to know that God loves you. And you know what? Bit by bit, it's starting to change this man. It's dripping into him. But you know, it costs, doesn't it? It costs when you're in that place. Doesn't well, I say it costs. I love C.T. Studd. 19th century cricketer turned overseas worker. I'm not saying missionary, because we're all missionaries. And he went out and preached the gospel. And he said this. If Jesus Christ be God and died for me, then no sacrifice that I make can be too great for him. And that's the way that it is. And the final thing, and then we're going to pray. Is that Jesus sends us out powerfully. He breathed on them, receive the Holy Spirit. Now that was a prophetic statement because the Holy Spirit hadn't yet fully come. Came at the day of Pentecost when Jesus had been ascended, glorified and then pours out the Holy Spirit powerfully. You don't go on your own. You go with the power of God and you get to do the stuff that Jesus gets to do. And I'm so grateful that we're starting to see the Holy Spirit work through us, not just here. Yes, we've seen people healed here, but we've seen people touched and also just impacted out there. And one of the things that David Devinish taught so well over the weekend was this, that the further away from the temple, the place where God's people are, as you go in the mission of God, in the river of God, which is the Holy Spirit, guess what? The miracles get stronger the things that happen in the kingdom get greater and more and more people get touched. But we have to go. And it's in the power of the Spirit. And each one of us can't say now, I haven't got this. By the grace of God, you have been given the power of the Holy Spirit. And every day, there is an invitation for you. To step into that and to live from that place of power. And Jesus did all the stuff. Where? Over here. (laughs) He has sent me. What did he do? To proclaim freedom. To preach good news. To recover the sight for the blind. To set the oppressed free. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. That's what we do in the Spirit. That is what we're about. And actually, you get that opportunity, even today, to step into that. Why don't we stand up? We're going to, um, we're going to have a moment uh, just to kind of commission again ourselves, I guess, under the power of the Spirit, can I just invite you, if you've got children, um, can you now go and collect your children from where they are? Um, Just thank their children's workers and bring them all back in here. And then I'm going to hand over in a moment to um, our fire instructors, fire starters and fire lighters. But just before we do that, I want to I have a moment where we, you know, normally every, every Sunday we've been kind of pressing into just praying for the sick and releasing the Holy Spirit for uh, signs and wonders and miracles. And, you know, we're going to still get to do that today, but I just feel it's important today that we, we kind of stop and say, I'm in. I'm willing to go. I'm wanting to be sent and actually knowing that we are sent in his power. And so I want to give us a moment, just as we stand right now, I want to invite the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, missionary spirit, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, sending us powerfully. I just invite you now. To come and baptise us afresh in your power, in your authority. Thank you that you send us with exactly the same power that Jesus had. Wow, just release that upon us right now. Just welcome him. Just welcome him. Just where you are, I'll welcome that presence of the Holy Spirit. I'll welcome him into my life afresh. Holy Spirit, just... Just kind of seal that in me right now. Send me. Lord Jesus, where we've been a little bit itchy footed, <laughs> Lord, help us to see just where you've placed us, that's where you need us. I pray release that faith that we need for where we are right now. Maybe some of us are feeling, I just, I just have a sense, some of you are feeling a little bit on the on the pile at the moment, on the side, on the sidelines. No, no, no. God has no sidelines. He only has places where you're in the mission. And he calls you back in right now. And I think there's particularly I think there's a woman here right now who is feeling that she has nothing to contribute. And I, I just want you to know the father says the Father says, you're in the mission. He says to you, you are precious to me. You are not killing time. You are my precious daughter with my authority and with my power. Some of you, the Lord's shaking you out of the place where you've been comfortable. Maybe you've just put yourself on the, on the fence a little bit or you're stuck in one place. The Lord's saying, right now, I'm stirring you up. Just releasing that fire into you, breaking up that concrete around your feet. And some of you, even now, he's just giving you things, things that he's placing in your head. That's what I need to start giving myself to. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you.